0: um...
1: Hello, and welcome back to Believe in Arizona State. I am your co-host, David Coleman, along with my dear friend, ASU Consensus All-American and three-time All-Pro with the Cincinnati Bengals, and we're both hurting Bengals today, uh, Bengal fans, my dear friend, David Fulcher. Hello, David.
0: Morning, my friend. How are you?
1: Uh, I noticed that you are draped in, in I don't know how to say it, but you're draped in light. And the only thing I can think of is that is uh, the heavens are shining down upon you after the stellar upset win by Arizona State over the Washington Huskies.
0: You're right, man, I'm, uh, I'm here in my office and I've got these 12 uh, foot ceilings and close the blinds and the Lord is shining right now on me saying, you know, what a, what a great victory Uh the other day down in uh, Tempe. And uh, I'm trying to get rid of it, but I said, you know what, I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm going to let him shine on me and hopefully it, it will continue for the rest of the year.
1: I don't believe in coincidences. I would let that light shine. Honestly, it's kind of all around you. It's not blocking you. It's not blocking your face. And uh, it looks great. i uh, giving Pro Camp some love today, I see. Oh yeah, right? I
0: forgot to put on my, my ASU shirt, man. I was up walking my dog and came back in here, man, and jumped, sat down and realized, oh, I don't mm-hmm. have all my Arizona State. I so Pro Camps, I'm giving you a little love here, man, but that's all good.
1: You and I were talking and texting late into Sunday night as we watched our Bengals fall uh, to the Baltimore Ravens in a tough one, and so I know that we were both up pretty late. Um, it's good to see you this morning. And uh, what a nice podcast for us to have today following uh, what we both uh, – I think we both thought they had a chance.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Boy, they followed through. Uh, there's some exciting things to talk about today. Uh, did you expect it, David, when, when you saw that game this weekend? Did you well, expect you us know, well, talking Dave. about a win
0: today? Well, what is funny is that, um, you know, we're, we're watching kind of like um, – watching highlights because obviously the game didn't come on um, as much as I wanted to and got on the uh, Arizona state website and tried to find it out. But, you know, there was a different, even when I talked to my daughter Kayla, there was a different atmosphere in that stadium that day. It was almost like Washington came in, um, not even ranked just the Washington Huskies football team came into that, that stadium and our ASU football team just played football. You know, the, the basics, the fundamentals, they just played football. And I think when uh, Washington realized that Arizona State was playing football, it was a little bit too late for them. And then Arizona State had nothing really to lose. I mean, all they we had.
1: talked about that the week before.
0: Yeah, they had nothing we to lose. about that. And normally, Dave, a team that has nothing to lose sometimes plays bigger than they normally should. And right. I think this Arizona State football team did that, and Washington found themselves in the football game, but it was too late.
1: For the second time this year, I saw an attitude play out. I saw it in the first game of the season, which we know is against a lesser opponent. Yes. I, I saw it when I watched this game, and it was not in our house. And I, I've heard you say that. I think I heard Joe Kelly say it. I think yes. I heard Thurman say it. Yes. People go, not in our house. And it looked like they played with that mentality.
0: You know, and and you know when you're, you know, and we're probably going to talk about as we go on when your when your starting quarterback goes out and you bring in a backup, you know, and I've been there before. We're talking about Thurman Thomas and a couple of podcasts before. Uh, Oklahoma State comes into Arizona State and we're ranked like in the ten or eleven, and Arizona uh, Oklahoma State ran us out of out of stadium because we lost our starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, Thurman let us know about that. Yeah, he let us know, yeah.
0: And sometimes when your backup quarterback comes in, everybody's going, oh, man, I sure hope and pray that he can get it done. And, oh, my gosh, what an outstanding game that this kid, you know, that relief pitcher who comes in and strike out, you know, six or seven batters, and then your offense says, all we got to do is put points on the board. We got a chance to win. And that's exactly what happened in this game.
1: David, let me ask you this question. You've prepared you're you're uh, you're back at ASU or you're with the Bengals, you're going through your meetings all week. You have prepared for an opponent. A quarter goes by, and and by the way, Emory was seven for nine for 59 yards. He wasn't Not bad. In a game. Not bad. He having a nice game. He just took a shot and had to leave the field for safety and health reasons. But here's the other team. Here's Washington has been practicing all week, thinking Emory, 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 he's out. Now they get Trenton. Tell me, tell me about that from a defensive back standpoint, from a defensive meeting standpoint, from the prep you've done all week. Did that change this outcome?
0: Oh, it did. It did because, you know, we're talking week six. We're talking five games of one quarterback, um, you know, trying to get his, his reads, trying to get his steps, trying to get the things that he does. And all of a sudden you bring in a, a, a person that we've never seen before, have no film on. So now all of a sudden you're going okay. So what does he do? What's his best? What's his tendencies? You know, his three step drop is this the same depth that Emory has. Is he does he get rid of the football faster? Is the ball slower? Um, is he can he run like Emory? You know, so now all of a sudden things have to, you have to adjust, and Washington didn't have a, 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 enough time to adjust to that, even though he played the first, the, you know, majority of the first half, and then all of the second half. So you have to make halftime adjustments. We always talk about that. People have to make halftime adjustments to be better. Well, it was, a kind of, it was kind of too late because Arizona State's offense knew what they were getting. And sure enough, they did what they did.
1: I have to tell you, I was very impressed with Trenton Borghei. His, his calm, his poise, his uh, stepping up in the pocket when there was pressure, uh, the couple of times he needed to roll out. It, it was, if you didn't know any better, we were talking about last week that if you didn't know any better and you looked at the sidelines, you couldn't tell that that was an interim head coach. And I have to tell you, if you just happened to, let's tune in and watch Arizona State play Washington. And you didn't know either team. You'd be going, what a nice quarterback they have. You wouldn't have known he had just stepped
0: in because the first-string quarterback got hurt.
1: And Which, this is- You noticed that as well?
0: Yeah. I mean, and when you talk about his stats, he was 15 for 21, 182 yards, 8.7 yards per pass three touchdowns, quarterback rating 93.9, you know, backup quarterbacks when they come into the game, probably don't have them kind of numbers. He missed six, he missed six completions throughout the rest of the game that he played in. And, And once again, this young man who I believe is a fifth year senior walked in there and took care of business as if he had been a starter his whole career. Right. But once you play football, Dave, All you wanted that opportunity to play. And he got that chance and he did what he did.
1: And you said last week, you said, look, we looked last week and we had six yards rushing in the previous game. And you just went, that's not going to happen. Kayla got on and said, that's not going to happen. And you came right back and said, looks, we we have to have X touching the ball about 20 times, getting at least a hundred yards. And what did he have? 23 carries, 111 yards, a rushing TD, a receiving TD. It was, uh, it was exactly as you kind of scripted and said, If we're going to be in a game against a quality opponent, these are the numbers we have to
0: have. And they hit them. And when you have those numbers, Dave, 23 carries. So let's just say 23 carries in this game. And of those 23 carries, let's go time of possession. Right. How long is Arizona State having the football that Washington doesn't come on the field? See, if I'm the head coach, you know, I want to establish the run before I throw the football. If you stop my running game, then I'm going to have to throw the ball. Correct. But if I can get my star running back like X, fifteen to twenty-five carries in a game, it puts Washington's offense on the sideline for a, a a big time of 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 not being on the field. Correct. And so you can control once again. You can control the game with the quarterback who's keeping the ball in play. The clock is being run down by your running back who's carried the football twenty-three times. Let me take some X. If X doesn't carry the football more than 20 times a game, then we got a problem. And against Utah, he probably had like 10 carries. You know, when you're behind the sticks, when you're right. behind the chains, it was a different losing, They
1: were behind. You know, it's it's, it's tough.
0: It's tough. And so when you get that, you're not going to get the things that you want, but yet um, they control uh, the Huskies and that's why they won that game.
1: And and Ghana was four carries for 39, basically almost four for 40. Ten, 10 yards a clip. You know, David, you've you've changed my – I have a friend who has a disability. When I walk around the world now, I see the world through his eyes. He yes. uses a wheelchair. You've changed my football perspective. And, and darn you, I don't watch games the same way. But I, I was thinking of you, and here's why. Okay. You're a stats guy. You love stats. You're always looking at them. So stats man, this is what ha- was going through my mind. Michael Penix Jr. was 33 for 53 for 311 yards, but zero TDs in an interception. Now listen to some of these stats. Uh, Washington had 324 yards passing, 134 yards rushing. We outran them. Uh, 32 first downs to our 23. Total yards, they had us 458 to 397. We had 10 penalties for 87 yards. They only had four for 36. Each team had one turnover. Time of possession featured Washington just under a hair under 32. And we were just a hair over 28. Now, if I told you, if we were sitting here discussing a loss, you'd go, see, see, we lost all those categories except rushing. Isn't it interesting that none of those mattered and we pull out the win?
0: No, it doesn't, man. Like I told you, if you can control the football, control the game, you got your, your third. I want to say he was our third string quarterback. He gets into the football game and guess what he does. He does not make mistakes. He didn't know it. No turnovers. Matter of fact, we didn't have a turnover in the game offensively. Right. So that when you don't turn the football over and you can win the turnover ratio, Mm -hmm. which Washington gave us a turnover, you know, those, those make a difference. And remember that one turnover was an interception taken back for a touchdown. And what's the difference of the game? Seven points. That turnover is the reason why we won that game.
1: Take me through the mentality of the team right now. Take me through the mentality of that interim coach who now has a bye week to prepare got a bye week coming up two weeks from now. We know they've got Stanford, which we will talk about, but boy, have things turned around since Eastern Michigan.
0: It has. I mean, it's turned around and I think, uh, you know, these football players, this, this is where I believe that Arizona state is, um, in an okay position. The only difference between now and five weeks ago, there's a different head coach. The coach that's there now, he's been there. The players know who he is. He now has a more visible and vocal role in what happens to this football program because he's the interim head coach. So the players are still playing football. It's just there's a different bus driver. That's mm-hmm. how I put it, a different bus driver. And that guy who's driving the bus right now may, may approach it a little bit different than the last head coach. So players, are they playing for him? And here's the thing. People say, why can't kids just play for the coach? Well, you don't play for the coach. You play for yourself and your teammates.
1: Yeah, you play and for if yourself. if you continue
0: to keep playing and you got a new leader, all the new leader is doing He's just saying the same thing the other coach did. Mm-hmm. Let's win. Let's do our job. Take care of your responsibilities, and we should be okay. And you know what they're doing? They're taking care of their responsibilities. And once again, it's against Washington. We don't know what it's going to look like against Stanford, but to beat Washington at home, Give you some momentum going in, and now you got those guys who might be beat up, might be injured, that could come back after two weeks worth of rest. Right, they'll be ready for Stanford.
1: And I, I sent you Stanford. I'm going to click on it here so I can see it. I sent you Stanford's upcoming schedule. Oh, I know. We we have a bye week. They play Notre Dame this week at Notre Dame. Then they play us. Then they play UCLA. Then they play Washington State, who's who's obviously they're quite yes. a team. I saw them play this. Oh week. yeah. And then they play Utah at Utah. I'm not sure there's a tougher stretch for any team in America than those five games. And we get a nice bye week. So we get to watch them play Notre Dame, uh, probably you know, on national television, of course, with Notre Dame's schedule and their, their contract. And then we get to, to play them. Uh, wonderful time there. And what What's that do for a team? We can watch them play this week. We can watch them play on national television. No, they just came off a loss. What does what does Arizona State do as they watch that game?
0: Well, you know, one thing you don't want to do as a as a player, you hate bye weeks because you want to keep playing week in and week out,
1: especially uh, after an upset win,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, after that win, you got the momentum. You want to go play, and now you're going to cool off the Jets. Let everybody sit back and relax a little bit. But um, to sit back and watch uh, Stanford play Notre Dame, um, I, if, if I'm the head coach, I think Saturday. Whenever that game comes on, we're all at the stadium together or we were all somewhere watching that game as a team um, and just trying to build for momentum. And, and that way you could watch your opponent, even though we're going to watch the films of Stanford Notre Dame game, going to go back and watch Stanford's last game before Notre Dame, you know, because you're going to pick up some tendencies and pick up some things that are right. happening. So this is where the student of the game comes in. Because now you have to prepare, you have to watch what's going on so that when we are ready to play Stanford in two weeks, everybody should know what they need to do. If I'm a safety and I'm covering tight ends or running backs out the backfield, I'm watching. I'm watching those. I'm watching those players. Emmitt Smith's son is a running back at Stanford, Emmitt Smith from the Dallas Cowboys. If I've got to cover that kid coming out the backfield, I am studying him right now all the way up until our game to know exactly what he's doing so that I'm prepared when we play them in two weeks.
1: And what did you keep – we were watching the Bengals game last night. We were watching people get over. I think you texted me three times, stay with your man. Stay with your man. Stay with your your man.
0: man. You know, here's the thing, too. Talking about that Bengals game last night, I know we're getting off of it, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's favorite target in the red zone was their tight end. The first touchdown that was thrown in the game in the red zone was the tight end he
1: could he was as wide open as you are sitting there right now
0: and and i didn't i couldn't understand that i saw a guy wearing number 33 which i don't like to see guys wearing 33 and messing up but this guy's wearing 33 (laughs) he's covering the tight end and he's supposed to be on him and he let the tight end run run right across his face touchdown for them so you know when you have a, a, a specific responsibility do your job If you do your job and the other ten guys do their job, we're going to be successful. But when one guy messes up, and it does, and it hurts you, and that's what happened to the Bengals last night. David, but we got a guest. We got a guest waiting for us. Though, what do you think? I want to cover one
1: thing with you before he comes in. Okay. I can't wait for you to meet our guest today. I know him. I know that you don't know him very well, but there's and uh, actually, if you want to bring Scott in, Scott's a defensive guy and. He coached Khalil Mack in college at Buffalo and helped develop Khalil Mack into the perennial all pro that he has. So why don't we bring Scott into the program right now?
0: There he is. He's a little sideways, though.
1: Scott, I'm not sure why, but your picture is sideways. There might be a inside Zoom, there might be a, a function that will allow you to uh Yeah, I don't know.
0: Scott is Scott, you're sideways if you can hear us. I can hear you. How are you doing? We're doing good, man. I don't know if that's uh, you or us.
1: Scott, for some reason, you're currently cycles. sideways. Uh, I don't. There we go.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> he had that foam
2: leaning a little bit. It's all
1: good.
2: <laughs> you're now welcome right side up. Okay. Scott,
1: welcome to the program. It's yes, nice sir. To welcome.
2: You. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Scott, instead of me going into a long diatribe here, give people uh, just a brief synopsis of of your most recent history and why we'd be having you as a guest. I know that you've been a head coach, you've been an assistant coach, you have developed a, an amazing system for recruiting and training athletes. So let everybody know kind of what you're all about. And then we'll get into the rest of the yes, sir.
2: Well, first, number one, thank you both for having me. I mean, it's easy when the host is named David, my buddy named David. for <laughs> yes. me. Um, you know, I have had 20 plus years as a college and, High school football coach predominantly out of uh, Western New York, where I was blessed to uh, not only play, but eventually coach uh, at the University of Buffalo, uh, mostly in player development and uh, recruitment and, um, you know, having the opportunity to see what we call diamonds in the buff. Right. Uh, Western New York is not a very highly recruited environment, and yet our time under like uh, Coach Turner Gill. Uh, who brought me in, uh, you know, legend from Nebraska. And then I was carried over with uh, Coach Jeff Quinn, um, you know, who ended up going back with Brian Kelly to Notre Dame. Um, you know, we we had to make best, you know, kind of like what Arizona State did, you know, coming off the bench, both with a head football coach and a backup quarterback in know yes. red shirt to get such a great win. If I read correctly, the first time they beat a top 25, with a first-time head coach since yes. 1980? Yes. Wow, that's fantastic. So that's the kind of football I'm used to. Uh, I've also been a uh, head uh, football coach at a junior college called Erie Community College. So I've had a, a ton of opportunities to you know, speak with people that weren't the five-star kids, weren't the heavily recruited kids, but we had to see the potential sure. in the men, and it's about development. And I still think it's about development, even though you got this amazing thing. I don't know if it's good or bad, the transfer portal, but uh, coaches have to adapt. And I think that that's one of the things that I was uh, really tapped into. So when I was done coaching or during coaching, I was working with all these unique, unique people that, you know, like a a young man named Khalil Mack, for example, who uh, was brought in by Turner Gill. And I had a chance to work with as a, just a, just one of the finest guys you'll ever meet. And, but he wasn't a highly recruited, you know, guy because something? He had not, yeah, he'd gotten injured, you know. So uh, one of the gentlemen that was recruiting him uh, eventually came onto Turner Gill's staff, and they they just did a beautiful job developing him. But obviously, he's done a great job since then. So my goal was always the focus was to find the hidden potential in people and some way get that to the surface, and I I I did really well with that and. So I started to learn and, about what I was doing and, and formulated certain things and realized that everybody's got their own, uh, you know, their own little combination to their potential. And that's kind of what you bring called practice. Thank you for alluding to it. But that's that's what it's called. So it's constant recruitment of the potential of a person through how they communicate. And that's essentially what I do. Wow, that's pretty good. Coach, let me let me. Uh, so I'm going to
0: throw something in there because, you know, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Um, went to Fremont High School, uh, played around some outstanding uh, athletes, and Eric Davis played for the Reds, Joe Strawberry played for the Yankees and the Mets. Um, and I didn't have the, the recruitment or the, 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 the financial possibilities of working out. All my stuff happened out on the streets. You know, I, sw- I swung a baseball bat in the streets, I threw a football in the streets. Uh, I wasn't highly recruited and I went to USC and UCLA. They wanted me to do certain things and I wasn't the best student out there. And Arizona state kept following me and following me and gave me a shot. So as a, as a player, 35, 40 years ago, working out, uh, it was, you know, grab a dumbbell, um, run up and down the streets, go to the park, you know, just run and do whatever, eat mom's food. That's how I gained weight. I didn't gain weight by lifting weights. Um, How do you tell a young man today based off of the stuff that's out there, good, bad, or ugly, because you know players are using this, players are taking that, um, I didn't do those things. I just, like I said, I gained weight by eating my mama's food. Uh, I, I got muscle by throwing the picking up the trash and, and moving things around in the house. Um, what do you say to a kid today that is being um, recruited by some of these major schools and some of these major schools might be doing some illegal stuff but you know from
2: your heart and the things that you do. How do you attract the kid to you in the way you get it done? Well, the way I was brought up was, you know, my dad would always say you dance with what God gave you. And I played, I played Division three football that went to Division two football back in the late eighties, early nineties, which was a a really hot time of, you know, performance enhancement and yes. you know a lot, a lot of the guys. I would tell them, I would tell them from sincerity because I've lived long enough to know that. Every one of my buddies that did that stuff back in the is either no longer alive to be my buddy or uh, they're in such bad medical medical shape that they're aged beyond their years. I knew you were going
0: there, too, man, because I have seen it. I've seen people do it. And people used to say to me, man, I I didn't even take uh, the way I didn't even take powder. I didn't even put that stuff in a shake. I just I drunk the shake just a plain shake. (laughs) But I understand what you're saying.
2: Yes. Yeah. So I would tell these young guys today is that mostly we have to keep perspective that you know you might have roughly four hundred thousand high school seniors this year that are playing the the game that you know twenty there's twenty thousand freshman roster seats across the country. Yes. 90 percent of those have nothing to do with scholarship or academic uh, support. So you know the six percent roughly that get to play you know, any type of college football have to uh, have to factor that in. So really not everybody can do this. And I think that that's something that if you're going to do it, your work habit and your ethic has to be exceptional. I don't care like what you do. If you're running hills because you live in Virginia, if you're running in the desert because you live in Arizona, whatever you have to do to be better than somebody else, one repetition at a time, preparation repetition rest and recover prep and that's what i teach kids i we don't you know there's no other way of doing it um that'll keep it because if you do anything like right now before you even go in you might be 275 280 pounds of you know muscle and chemicals but by the end of camp you're gonna be back down to 240 pounds and everybody's gonna know you know know, as a and
0: as a kid when i was growing up in l.a my dad actually took me out of los angeles to a suburb called Westchester, California. And because I was just I, my my potential was just as good as my buddy's potential because I didn't want to outdo my buddy. So when right. my dad took me to Westchester and I'm and when I say Westchester, the the baseball team I played with, it was 15 kids on the team. There was only one black kid and that was me. Mm-hmm. And I saw these kids perform, I saw these kids run and then my dad told me if you want to be the best, then you need to outdo your player now don't get mad they can't get mad at you because they're not fast as you are right. so then i played a year there with them i came back to los angeles all my friends said man i can't believe you coming back and play with us when i got there I, I and my dad told me you play your game not their game so when i got back out there i i was two steps faster i hit the ball alone i did all these things and then my guys used to look at me i said listen if we're going to be the best Get on the bus with me. I couldn't go backwards. I had to go forward. So it does make sense when an athlete is trying to be his best, that he has a leader and someone like you, someone who is giving the right advice that, listen, if you're going to be the best, you can't worry about the rest of them. Right. You have to take care of your business and do your job.
1: Scotty, let me ask you a quick question. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm always interested when uh, a great man like yourself coaches and, and enhances and touches greatness as well. Take yourself back to Buffalo, take yourself back to coaching Cleo Mack. What was the first thing you saw that made you go, okay, this kid's got some potential. And what, if anything, makes him or made him a little different. In other words, there's a lot of parents watching this podcast, listening to it on Spotify. They're raising, they're raising young athletes. What did you notice? What did you see? What would a school see? What should they be enhancing in their children?
2: I think that's a really important thing because when you t- I talk about recruiting never ends, you know, most, most college coaches think that when you recruit them, you get them through the front door, then reality hits, right? And it, and it usually does because you recruit them for five histories, right? You recruit them for their athleticism, their academics, their social, their, their family, and ultimately their medical, right, to make sure that they're good enough to play. But when you see a guy like Khalil Mack, what few people don't know about Khalil is how creative he is off the field. The, the, guy, the guy thinks in many different – it's almost tangential, right? I mean, like, he can carry on multiple conversations, keep that smile. Uh, he had an ease about him. He had an ease about him, but when you turned on that – if you ticked him off, if you ticked him off, you didn't just see Khalil Mack, the athletic, fluid athlete. You saw somebody that had determination as well. And I think that that's something that really set him apart. You know, his jersey number. He wore the jersey number, number 46, because that's what he was ranked in Madden as a linebacker. Uh-huh. That's why he picked that. He picked that to show the world that they were wrong. And that was really the most unique thing about him is that he was not going to set himself apart because I'm the best. Like so many young kids are trying to do today with self promotion I get it. They're, they're emulating. They're just mimicking what's out there, Right. But Khalil right. what set him apart was he said, I am this, and I'm going to demonstrate it by what the other David was just talking about hard work, outworking, and, and knowing what your gifts are and sticking to them and trusting. Them.
1: David Fulcher, does this sound familiar? Is he talking about Cleo Mack or you? It's he's talking about the same human being.
0: And you know, and 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 I, I believe he is because you know, coming out of Los Angeles, I was always told I wasn't gonna make. It. I wasn't going to be nothing. And and I don't know if I wanted to go out there and prove it to people that I was better than that. But I wanted to prove it to myself that I wasn't going to be that guy that people said I was. Right. You know, I come into the NFL. I'm, I'm I'm six foot three. I'm 228 pounds when I got drafted. Yep. With Within probably, you know, four or five months later, and now 240 and I'm playing safety. They're, they don't have safeties wearing 240, but I knew I wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but I knew I was smart enough to make a tackle. You know, I wasn't going to chase Bo Jackson down the field because Bo is running 4-2 and I'm running 4-6. I'm not going to catch him, but I could t- catch Bo Jackson in between the tackles before he gets started. <laughs> so I used to stick my head in there and I'm going to make a play. And then when I start making those plays, people start recognizing that, you know what, this big old guy can play. I wasn't a linebacker. I may have had the linebacker body, but I was a defensive back. And the NFL was not ready for me to play safety in the NFL at 245 pounds. Our <laughs> Super Bowl year in 1989, Super Bowl 23, I got on a scale at 255 that morning. Oh. Because we went down to, to, to Florida and was there for two weeks and we didn't, we forgot to practice football. We were eating so much. But you know what though? You wouldn't have never known that I weighed two fifty five in the Super Bowl because I went out there with fourteen tackles, a calls fumble, a pass breakup, had a chance to be the MVP. It probably would have won that game, but I did that because, like you say with Khalil Mack, I did. I don't know if I I say that word to the, the prove it anything. I just wanted to show people that I belong, and I think that's what Khalil did. I belong here. I'm the forty sixth best player in, in football. Come on now. I'm better than that. So let me show you that you messed up. And just like when I got drafted, I used to say to myself, and I was a 78th player pick in the in the 1985-86 in the draft. There were five safeties picked before me, and I said to myself, all them teams that passed me up, I'm going to show you that I could play. And when I started playing, and we would play against those teams, those coaches, some people that was part of that program, go, dude, man, how did we miss you? I'm still here. You just you just went right by me, but it's okay. So that's what I try to tell young men today, even the young ladies that are playing sports. My daughter plays softball at Thomas More here in Kentucky. And she wasn't the, the best softball player, but she can run. And I don't know where she got that speed from because she didn't get it from her daddy. But she can run. And guess <laughs> yeah, what for, she did? For, for your 40,
1: size, you were pretty quick, David. Hey, for your know, size, I was, see there's trend. a
0: hey day. So there's a difference between fast and quick. The fast guys run track. The quick guys get from A to B. That's That was me. I was from A to B. Now, it took me a while to get to C, but from A to B, I was pretty good.
1: Hey, gentlemen, let me bring you back. I want to, I want to talk Arizona State football going forward here. And, David, there was a – and, Scotty, I've got two defensive specialists here, one that that played and coached it and obviously one that was an All-American and an All-Pro. One of the things we looked at in the past couple of weeks, David, that you weren't thrilled about a couple of weeks ago, is uh and scotty we have a wonderful defensive player last name soleil and he's been averaging anywhere from 15 18 17 20 one game he had 22 tackles and uh then uh and then the next game uh, he had hit all those tackles by himself and then david's went and they say he's got 22 tackles the next guy had five david one of the stats i looked at this week is soleil did have 12 tackles five were solo then the next guy on the team had nine. There were two guys with eight, two guys with seven, a guy with six. So the defense brought it as a defense. So here we we come back, we win again. Then I'm you know I'm sure how many people thought we would win it. We have a bye week. We're going to be playing Stanford, who happens to be currently last in the Pac-12. If I'm not mistaken, Dave, they are last. After that, we go to Colorado. They're near the bottom. Then we then we play uh, UCLA who we saw this weekend and what they did to Utah and what Utah, you know, did to us. How do we take this momentum, Scott? How do we take this momentum David into the next couple games and build a team that does believe this podcast is called believe in Arizona state. We're starting to take me as a coach, take me as a player. What's happening in the next week to prepare them for the next three weeks.
2: Well, as a coach, I think uh, it's it's the most important thing for the young the young coach, first time coach, running backs coach, stepping forward and getting a win like this. That's lightning in a bottle, and whatever got you there, that's what you repeat. You don't. You, it's tenacity. It's hustle. It's echo to the whistle type of play, and you don't try to make anything fancy. You go in now. Now you beat a team that's in the top twenty five. You showed that you have the caliber of character and class. And, and athleticism to play with a team like that. Now you go into these other teams, you take the week off, but you don't change anything. You keep them on the same schedule. You don't get them high, you don't get them low, you keep them steady. They go in, play against a team that's probably in the same type of rebuilding or situation that Arizona found itself in before they let, let go of Coach Edwards, and you go in and you take care of business. You don't make it out to be anything because by the time you get to UCLA, You should have a couple more wins under your belt. So now it wasn't a flash in the pan. This is something that we're winning because of what we do every single day. Wow, man, I'm, 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 I'm finna come out of retirement after listening to that.
1: (laughs) Because I'm telling you, it it makes sense.
0: Oh man, it it makes sense. You know, you, you don't change anything, even though you got a bye week you know, your practice is probably going to be limited. Um, you, You can't practice, you know, like you normally do because you don't have a game on Saturday but the, the reps and the, the attention span is still the same. It might be, instead of it being two and a half hours during the week, it might be an hour during the week. What can we get in an hour, still working hard, still preparing for Stanford in two weeks, but the, 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 the it has to be uh, the same as it was the week before. Whatever we did against Washington, and, and how we prepare for them we got to prepare for uh, Stanford in two weeks and do the same thing and then once again make it fun it's got to be fun I me mean, tell you something I, I, I coach high school football I coach and started a, a college football team here in Cincinnati I, I you know make it fun you know I don't I don't want to be out there for three hours and a kid's dragging and he's sagging and he's not really into practice. Make it fun, man. Let's have some, some competitive stuff with the O-line and D-line, the DBs and the receivers, the running backs and the, the linebackers, the ends and linebackers. Make it fun. And when you make it fun, kids are going to perform for you as long as you're doing your job. And we said it the day before. If you do your job, if, if, if everybody on that team does their job, they're going to be successful. When one guy steps out and thinks he's bigger than the other guy, you're going to have a problem. And sometimes, you know, there's going to be some guys. We talk about the Soleil on defense. The guy's probably got 100 tackles already, you know, because he's been averaging 19, 20 tackles a game. So, But once again, he might be getting more attention at his position than the other guy at at, at linebacker. But here's the thing. As long as he can keep that guy in the game, in the moment, and doing his job, let me tell you something, man. I've played in many games where I made 15 tackles in a game and some I made two. And I would get a reporter coming and say, David, where were you? I was on the field just like everybody else. But this game, I only had two, but I had 15 the week before. So once again, as long as this coach keeps it fun, keeps everybody's spirits up, and don't change nothing. I mean, you might add something to it, but don't back down. As long as they keep that focus, man, they'll be ready for Stanford. And then when it comes to UCLA down the road, remember, one game at a time, one day at a time, and they'll be okay.
1: Well, Scott, David, I'm looking at their schedule and uh, just realized it next game, two weeks, Stanford away, Colorado away, uh, UCLA at home, then Washington state away. So here they have this nice win. Three of the next four major games here coming up are away. Take me through that prep. Take me through that mindset.
2: Well, I I think the away game, you always make sure that you take enough home with you. See, uh, and uh, coming off of that um, off of that previous philosophy, it doesn't matter if you're playing at home. It doesn't matter if you're playing away. That's a 100-yard field. If you bring the same energy, the same dudes that got you the win this past weekend, yeah, the fans are going to be great, but it's not the fans. You That's all coming from the inside. And if you don't have fans cheering for you on the sideline, you make sure that your arms are linked on the sideline and everybody is all 55, 56, whatever they travel, it, you know, are, are sitting there. When the offense is up, the defense is up. When the defense is up, the offense is up. When the specialists, specialists aren't off, you know, sipping cocoa somewhere. They're up until they come out. So that's where it all is. You know, we I, I talk about bring, you know, the bring of a person, you know, that which brings you along and you have to take that with you wherever you go. And that's what I'm saying is that there's no such thing as home or away games. You get to go and there's some challenges where you play, you, you know, sleep might be changed. But as long as you keep it fun now, like, like like David was saying, on the road, they play their video games, they hang out in the rooms together, they eat together, they take a little team walkabout together talk with their position coaches, get hit the bed, get up in the morning, eat a good breakfast, get in there, play, go home. It's a business trip that you can have some fun, you know, have some fun with it along the way as well.
0: Well, you're right, man. It is. Uh, it's very important to, to, to have that camaraderie with your players. You know, I, when I was a head coach at the high school and the college, I, I, I tried to get to know everybody by their name, yeah. you know, in the work that I do today, I'm inside the jail and I work with young men and women who are incarcerated and, and I've seen thousands and thousands of them. And I tried my best to remember everybody's name. And if I didn't know your name, man, I'm calling you my guy or my girl. And I think that that's what this Arizona State football team, and we, we call this Believe in Arizona State. So Arizona State got to believe in themselves. So when they go out and play these teams, that they're they're fighting with their brothers on a weekly basis. When they get into a game, they're fighting that game with their brothers, believing in their coach, uh, trust in their coach to put them in position to make plays. My defensive coordinator when I played with the Bengals was Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau, let me tell you, man, I, I, he he and Willie Shaw, obviously the dad of the head coach at Stanford. Willie Shaw was my secondary coach at Arizona State. Those guys believed in David Fulcher. They put me in positions to make plays, and all I wanted to do was reward them for putting me in the game. I didn't wanna disappoint them. I didn't wanna disappoint my dad. I didn't wanna disappoint my coaches. So I wanted to make sure I did my job. So when they asked me to blitz, I had to get home. There were times I would jump over linemen just to get there because the coach called my number. I sacked Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. I went to Dick LeBeau and I said, coach, I'm playing man-to-man on this tight end. He never looks up at me, He always blocks down on the end. I'm gonna coordinate with the end and say, listen, you take it man to man i'm coming off the corner the boss told me if you see it go get it 33. and sure enough i did it and i sacked montana in the super bowl and that's the kind of relationship that players should have with their coaches believing in each other to the point where if i see something coach let me go get it and arizona state did that against washington that interception for a touchdown uh by the db from uh, arizona state that seven points was the difference in them beating washington so Scott, you said it, man. It is important to believe, it's important to work, your work ethic, your, your communicate communicating skills with your players and your teammates will, will push you over the top. And, and I really like, uh, man, I'm glad I met you. I'm glad you're on our podcast. You know, Dave has been my, my D-square, the other guy, the other D. We've been talking about you, man, and we've been wanting to get you on here for a while. But
2: uh, you're here today, man, and I really appreciate you coming out and talking to us. Well, thank you very much for your time, guys. I really do. I appreciate it.
1: Uh Scott, I'll give you – you have any question for, for David Fulcher before we pop off this?
2: I do. When you were in Cincinnati, did you play with Mouse McNally? Jim McNally, yes, yes, I did. Coach McNally is a uh, – Coach McNally is a – he is a clown, man. He's a, a UB a clown. He's a UB grad. He grew up, went to high school with my father, the whole deal. So we, we've uh, had – a lot of mouse around here for a long time. But uh boy, some of the things he used to talk about with Anthony Munoz and all the all the you know, he mentioned your name quite a bit, you know, just that that Super Bowl year and um you know, it's just great to meet you and, and really love talking to you. I love what you guys are doing. You know, uh, I, I have a real love for for my college, University of Buffalo, and, and you know, Maurice Lindquist is doing a great job here. Um, but uh, you can really see with alumni like you and, and promoting programs like this, this is also going to help recruitment yes. and just that the name is uh the name is bigger than just the place you go. It's it's something you carry in your heart. So thank you guys very much for the opportunity to be appreciate here. you, man. Thank you, brother. Have a blessed day too.
1: Scott, thank be you better. so much uh for what you shared today. If anybody would like to get a hold of you, why don't you give people a quick way to get a yes. hold of
2: well I i n g 1.com and uh, basically what I do is I ask young kids I say that's that cell phone in your pocket what would happen if that communications device fell you know they they freak out we all do right yes but- You're the most complicated communications device you'll ever own. And when was the last time you upgraded how you talk to you about you and for you? If you've never done that before, that's what I do. So you can check me out at youbringone.com. I'm on Facebook at Coach Pilkey and uh you go from there but guys thank you very much for your time and good thank luck you, brother thank you thank you, Arizona state thank you man year. I appreciate you. They're gonna win this week they're gonna win this week I'm predicting a win for Arizona oh they're on a bye week Arizona. Well. <laughs> hey, Arizona state has the week off
1: but yes uh, sir
2: man
0: thank
1: you my friend we're gonna celebrate that win from last week thanks Scott See so, there, much. Bye. Bye. so much
0: take care take care come on wow that was uh Scott's pretty good man that was pretty I good, told dude. you I told you that was really good man that uh you know, believe in Arizona state and we believe in our guests. We believe in Scott. And what I like about talking to Scott man was, you know, the, the, the recruiting process of getting a young man or young lady out there. So this isn't just for the guys, it's for the girls as well, that, uh, you know, there, there, there are things you're supposed to do while you're being recruited, there are things you're supposed to do to get recruited. Um, there are a lot of people out there, man, that spend lots of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. To do the to, to do the wrong thing if mm-hmm. you're gonna do the right thing spend your money on what Scott just said because I didn't have that opportunity Dave when I was growing up like I said I man, we didn't I didn't have the money number one number two I didn't have the equipment that everybody has today I, you know, like I said my, my weight gain was eating my mom's food you know and, and and running around the streets and maintaining my body weight uh I had no idea how much I was supposed to weight or how much mm-hmm. weight I was supposed to bench press. But what I did know was is that I, I kept it simple, simple enough to, that, 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 that it made it simple and easy for me to be the athlete that I was. And I knew I wasn't going to put any performance uh, enhancement drugs or things in my system to get bigger or to get faster. It was just a naturally God-given talent for me. And my dad, my dad, my dad, it's funny when I say this, my dad was like the Williams sisters' dad.
1: Henry. Huh.
0: You know, my dad's name is Henry. Um, you know, we, my dad, he made us, he made us work out. He made us do things. We did he didn't let us sit on the couch and do nothing. Right. You know, I played tennis.
1: Look where you are, David. Look where you I mean,
0: are. I mean, my kids, my son, my my daughter, Kayla, you know, they, they weren't going to sit around and do nothing. You know, you're going to do something with yourself besides if it's not a, an athlete being an athlete, you're going to do something with yourself because you 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 you're, you're made that way you're made from your family you're made Even your family.
1: daughter kicked your butt to go back and finish college
0: she did so you again when they got that drinking violet she
1: said dad go back and finish your degree she and she, and she made she me do
0: it. Yeah. she made me do it And when she came off that stage at thomas More, she said, dad, you need to go finish. And I'd rather fight
1: you than her. If you've ever met Kayla oh, I know. or Judy or oh, Judy, I, know, man. I
0: think I'd rather fight you than
1: either of the women in your family.
0: And trust me, man, they, 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 we lead by example. You know, we wanted Kayla and David to be the best that they could be, whether it's a athlete, whether it's a graphic designer and Kayla, whether it's a dad who's coming from the air force and, and doing some work now with UPS, you know, David and Kayla, or the example of what their father was back in the day, and I continue we, to keep doing that, and that's why
2: we do what we do up, here.
1: As we wind this up today, I just want to say this: this will this should make sense to you. I've only invited two people, as we as you know, I'm an award winning national public speaker. Yes, there's you only, are. There's only two people in the country that I've ever invited to share stage and take half of my time on stage. One is my co host and my my dear friend, which is you. The other was Scott. I met Scott in Buffalo. I had an event coming up in two weeks. I said, Scott, come back and share the stage with me in a couple of weeks. Just a number of years ago. He came back. We spoke at a local college in Buffalo and we killed it. Why? Because he had that same mentality 15 years ago, if not more energy, a little bit more, You know, we're both more youthful and, yes. and the, basically the primes of what we were doing then. But there's only two people who have given up half of my stage time to, you and Scott. And I think you can see why I have wanted to have him on as a guest. And what I love about this podcast, David, is if you go back and look, we had Thurman, then we had the coach from Trine, and, and then we have we have Joe Kelly, and then we have Munoz. we have some, and, and we've had Anthony Munoz. Yes. Come on, the arguably, and if I don't even think it's arguably the best offensive lineman that's ever played the game. Yes, we're bringing people to other people to bridge a gap in their life that, that might be missing. So not only are we believing in Arizona state and look what's happening. I, I believe in energy. I, I'm not a new age lunatic, but I'm telling you this, I believe in energy and maybe what we're doing too, is creating some positive energy in a fan base and getting people to believe. And they just knocked off. And by the way, as we look today, Washington is nowhere to be found in the top 25. So you might be getting a text from our last guest, Joe Kelly, going, yes. I'm never coming on your show again.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause I'm telling you, man, what And you said it, Dave. We're 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 bridging gaps. We're bridging gaps. Um, You know, when we we first started this Believe in Arizona State podcast, um, different hosts. um, But and and I knew because I had talked to you before even getting this thing started. And I know you were busy at doing the things you do, man. And you are uh, you know you're 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 a humble guy. And I was looking for another David Fulcher, even though I got David Coleman. To be on this podcast with me, but my thought process is your thought process and what we think and how we see things. We kind of see it the same. Um, One of us a little bit older than the other, but our thought process is about the same. And that's why I wanted to team up with you because we're given a different perspective, not just in the football world of life, but the everyday life and world or the everyday world in life with people that are listening to this podcast, because You know, not everybody's developed the same, not everybody looks the same, but if you get two people like you and I speaking the same language, giving that information out to the people who listen to our podcast, that someday it might be their son. It might be them at work. It might be them in a relationship. We are talking about building the gap and the bridge of making a person, helping someone be successful not by just how much money they make, but successful in life. And that's what we bring.
1: And I'm very humbled and very honored by what you just said. And I uh, two things as we bring this to a close. Uh, I have a dear friend named Debbie Gardner. You might have known Debbie when she lived here in Cincinnati, one of the top yes. self defense experts in the world. Yes. she's The president known owner, her and her husband, Mike, of the Survive Institute. And she believe, she calls me one of five. She Whenever she sends me something, it's OOF she believes you are the five people you surround yourself with. She believes that you are. And, uh, what we're doing, not only on this podcast, but in life together, uh, I I believe we're heading in the right direction, creating some really positive energy. And given that, I believe you have an event coming up. I do soon where people can walk away with a figurine of you whose head bobbles around. Is that correct? You want to tell people about that?
0: Yeah. So, um, Oh man, shoot! Let me let me make sure I get the all the information right. Um, this will be my believe my fourth bobblehead, uh, Cincy Bob, Cincinnati. I don't think it's Cincinnati Bob, but Cincy Bob uh, put together mm-hmm. a bobblehead of me. Um, I had a bunch of people say, "Why am I throwing the football?" No, I'm not throwing it. It's actually a me intercepting uh, a ball in the game, and I picked the ball up and and saluted it to the fans of Cincinnati. So that's what the bobblehead looks like. Um, This Saturday, I will be at Heirloom Framing uh, from 12 to 3 here in Cincinnati. Um, You don't have to be present to get a bobblehead. You can contact them to get it. I'll be there from 12 to 3. Uh, The proceeds of the bobblehead are going to my foundation, the David Folter Foundation, benefiting those who are affected by multiple sclerosis. Um, Just another opportunity for me to give back to the community Uh, I was approached about making a bobblehead, and uh, there's probably about 12 of us former Bengals led by uh, the best linemen that ever played the game, and Anthony Munoz, to Tim Cromeride, to Isaac Curtis, who just went into the Ring of Honor in Cincinnati. Um, You know, so there's a lot of things going on in Cincinnati, and we're just blessed. I'm blessed here in Cincinnati, but I'm also blessed, too, that uh, Believe uh, gave me an opportunity to put this podcast on for the Sun Devils. And just talking football, but as you can see, we talk a little bit more about football. Um, we want to see the Sun Devils win. But we're also thinking about bridging the gap between, you know, whether it may be black and white. It may be, you know, high and low. It may be, you know, skinny and fat. It doesn't matter. Um, we just do what we do because we love doing it. That's why we had, you know, Scott on. And Scott was awesome, man. And And once again, recruiting is a very, very tough process for people that don't know. People spend thousands of dollars on camps. They spend a lot of money on this. Um, listen to what Scott just said on this podcast. If you did, if you missed it, go back to it and run it over two or three times and listen to what he's saying because it's important for any athlete, boy or girl, tall or, or short, that here's what you need to do to get yourself prepared and focus on you more than anything else. Take care of your responsibility, get you better, and you're going to be a better person in the long run.
1: I told you last podcast, David, I think by the time we're done with this year's podcast, we're going to have an all-podcast team. Yes. I think we might have found our
0: coach. Yes, I think uh, so. I and, think uh, so.
1: Our next podcast, we will prepare for Stanford. Yes. And possibly even for Colorado. And I know yes. that you have a couple of wonderful guests that you're excited about that you can or keep silent until that day. But- very,
0: very excited about the Stanford guest. I think it's going to be something that uh, I think a lot of people will go, oh my gosh, really? Yes. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right, brother. Great time. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you, David. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.